Hello, amigos y amigas. Hello, familia. My name is Sergio Rosario, and I am the host of Cigars Podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest, which I met in person a year ago in Atlanta Cigar Week, and live with us from Cohiba Cigars. We have the great Sean Williams. Sean, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? How are you doing, Sergio? I am doing great. It's a pleasure to have such a, a, a figure like you here. I think um, the community speaks very highly of you. Um, they see you as this uh, figure, a true gentleman, a true person that's dedicated to the craft. And, and you know, it, it's, it's the community speaks a lot. You know, this, the community yeah. knows how to perceive things. And, and when I say the community, it might be somebody met you in Atlanta and somebody met you across the world in some event. So yeah. our community is pretty much everywhere. Uh, what do you think about that? It's a beautiful thing. I, I, I'm honored. Th thank you for having me. Um, yeah, man, I just, I, 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 it, it's my honor. I love to, to uh, meet people in the cigar family, uh, whether it's local, whether it's nationwide or internationally. It's, uh, it's, it's beautiful that this, this, this little, uh, this little uh, parejo brings us together, man. You know? I love it. I love it. Well, Sean, I think um, when the Cohiba M was released, um, I had a lot of the community members asking me about this cigar. And I think that's where we interacted uh, via Instagram. I was doing a live. Um, I am a person that, uh, you know, I owe myself to the community. And they started uh, DMing and asking questions about the Cohiba Serie M made in Miami. In uh, Titan de Bronze, if I'm not mistaken, and I went and got one, and I said, you know what, guys, I'm gonna get. I got two actually. Uh, I got one for the life, and I did a life, and I opened it right there. I cut it right there, and I started tasting the cigar. And you came on as I was talking, and we had a, a couple of interactions. But to me, that was the the beginning of you know like our relationship. We then we uh, later we met Atlanta Cigar Week. Uh, but I think I had a lot of um, a lot of fun with that Coiba Series M. I think the story behind it is a great story. It's uh, fabricated in an amazing place in Miami. And I think, at least to myself, I try to tell people, think about what is the intention of the master blender or the blender or the crafters of this cigar. Uh, and that's what I I kind of like communicate it in the life. You have to think about not what you want, about what they are providing you and kind of put yourself in those shoes. And I, let me tell you, that Serie M was quite an experience. I love it. I think I understood the concept behind it. Uh, and I'm going to start with that. Like, how has it been since it was released? I know at least in my local store, it's gone. Every time they yeah. bring out a couple of boxes, it's gone in a couple of hours. How's uh, the Coiba Serie M been uh, in this past yeah, that, year? That's, that's the biggest, uh, um, uh, you know, thing. If there's one thing we can change, it would be to make more, right? Um, it's been it's been amazing. Uh, of course, this is the second year that we've released it. We released 2021, spring of last year, and we just released uh, 2022, which is the new uh, Corona Borda. Um, but the response is great um, for a number of reasons, right? I mean, it's 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 um, there's a little bit of the novelty of having a Cohiba made uh, actually uh, in the U.S. Uh, in Miami, uh, but then it's made at a very very esteemed factory. You're familiar with Sandy and and, uh, and the family there at El, uh, El Titan de Bronce, uh, and they do amazing amazing stuff. And it's 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 just like family to me because I personally uh, started making cigars there with them um, 12 years ago. Uh, well, actually, I guess it would have probably been more like 13 years ago because I released the League of Miami in 2010. Um, and Willie Herrera, um, uh, you know, one of my best friends, um, you know, we had, we had met um, sometime early 2009 and that led to me going to Miami uh, to, uh, to make uh, my first cigar uh, uh, in Miami uh, after, after having made cigars exclusively at the Placentius for a number of years. So, uh, so for me, it was kind of uh, uh, like going back home and it was great to, to have um, such a, um, you know, a, a flagship brand like Cohiba uh, to, to be made at such, uh, um, you know, a, a, a storied family-owned factory here in the U.S. Uh, uh, and a factory that's like family to me. So it's been great. And the response has been great. Um, I don't know if we're sold out. I don't really keep up with that. But uh, I know everywhere it goes, it's uh, yeah. 
if anybody has events that I'm going to be at, uh, typically what they try to do is maybe hold a few boxes. I was in Philadelphia last week, did an event at uh, Cigar Mojo in King of Prussia, and they had a few boxes that they held. They actually had some Weller from last year that they held as well. So that's the only way you really seen these boxes still around. If someone, if, if shops are holding them for some reason, uh, and oftentimes it's because they have me on a schedule to come do an event. But other than that, uh, I would imagine they're pretty hard to find. We only make 5,000 boxes. So you're talking 50,000 cigars. So exactly. that, that's not a lot, you know. Well, and, you know, I think uh, one of the of the experiences of trying that cigar is, you know, just that longing for something made in the U.S. Uh, with such a, you know, prestige as, as Coiva. Uh, and then those hands that worked uh, in that factory, which are hands that are super experienced and that have been behind uh, numerous successful projects and some cigars that people really love. Uh, I think... Uh, when the community talks about the factory where it comes from automatically gives it, you know, uh, a certain respect and a certain um, notion that the quality is there and the love is there, which is very important when you're making cigars. Now you mentioned something about, um, you know, about working in the Titan de Bronze and you mentioned some, you know, some characters uh, in the industry and uh, Nelson, who is my co-host in the Spanish show, I asked him, Nelson, do you have any questions for Sean? And, and we're going to take that turn because you mentioned it. He said, you know, um, he really respects uh, how humble you are and he always likes how you give credit to those mentors. Um, and you always mention them and, you know, make them a part of your story. Now he asked them, is there somebody that you're actually mentoring in the industry? And he also asked what, what, what kind of like feedback or, or legacy would you like to leave? Uh, you know, if you decide to mentor somebody, if you're not mentoring somebody right now, what kind of a uh, legacy would you like to leave in, in, let's say the hands of somebody that will come next generation, et cetera. Good question. Um, so, um, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to, to call myself a mentor, right? Um, um, but uh, I feel confident in saying that there are a number of other people that would call me uh, a mentor of theirs, which, which I'm honored to do. Um, it, so, I mean, there's a number of, of younger uh, cigar makers out there, um, and, and not just cigar makers, I mean, just other people in the industry, whether it's salespeople. And I mean, I, I get people reach out, to, reach out to me for a lot of things. I mean, I get I get messages. Uh, I'm not exaggerating when I say every day, uh, whether it's somebody um, who's currently uh, with another cigar company looking for opportunities to move over, whether it's somebody who previously worked in the industry, wants to get back into the industry. Um, you know, and, th and then there's a number of people that, that uh, from a brand standpoint, uh, you know, Black Star Lines, uh, Definition Cigar, um, you know, and a few others, uh, um, you know, who, who actually, you know, reach out to me on a pretty regular basis. And listen, I help where I can. I offer whatever advice I can. I mean, the thing is, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, sure pathway to success in this business, right? And, 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 and I always sort of issue that disclaimer, like, I mean, you know, I, I'm more than willing, if you ask my advice, I'm more than willing to share, but it comes with the caveat. Just because something worked or didn't work for me doesn't mean you're going to have the same, uh, you know, success or or difficulty, right? It's a different world from when I first started. There was no social media when I started. Uh, we didn't sell direct to consumer as a brand when I started. It's so it's, it's very different. Now, certain things, uh, uh, regardless of the time and technology that comes with it, certain things you can't get around. And one thing I tell everybody if they're getting into this business, don't put cigars out if you haven't actually been to the factory and spent time where they make the cigars. Not everybody needs to be a blender. Not everybody needs to understand their process. Not everybody, not everybody needs to roll cigars, but you certainly need to understand a process uh, of how cigars are made and understand specifically what the factor that you make your cigars with puts into making cigars. Um, so, you know, that that's something for sure. But as far as other advice, I mean, it just depends on what they're trying to do. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I give them the best take on things that I can. And as far as my legacy, man, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be 52 in uh, in uh, in June, and uh, the older I, I get, the more I think about 
my legacy more than I think about anything else. I mean, family, of course, but that's part of my legacy, right? Um, but I don't think about, it used to be more about money and, 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 and getting accounts and, uh, you know, more sort of nuts and bolts business stuff. I think about that, but I think about it in terms of how does it affect my legacy? Um, and how does it affect the brand that, that, that I'm, um, you know, fortunate enough to be the face of and, and, and the lead guy for. So I think about things a lot different now. Um, and I mean, I like my legacy to, 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 to be that, you know, um, specifically as it relates to Cohiba, you know, I guess to, to put it in, in a nutshell, I, I left it better than I found it. You know what I mean? Like, 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 uh, I, I hope that, uh, in anybody or any, any, you know, organization I have a chance to work with and, and fortunately it's been General Cigars and Cleveland for the last five years are better off in some way because I was here and not because I'm special or I'm uh, talented or whatever but um, you know everybody has something to give right everybody has something to give and I don't care if, 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 it, if it's a homeless person on the street uh, uh, or if it's if it's if it's the president of a multinational corporation everybody has something to give so I just hopefully just give what I can give and uh and make whatever, you know, you spend your time, I spend a lot of time uh, doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm away from my family a lot, I travel a lot. Um, if you're gonna, gonna, you know, devote that amount of time and in, in, in your, 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 your resources, you know, which is your physical resources or something, you know, you, you, you should wanna do your best at it, right? So, I mean, um, I, I just hope that, you know, um, people that have had a chance to, to, to get to know me um, and work with me, um, found some value in, 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 you know, in, in, in that relationship, um, because I look for value in relationships and it's not, you don't want to get anything from people, you, but, you know, you certainly should learn from people and, and, and you know, and, and, and in whatever way you can and, and make each other better. Iron sharpens iron, man. So that's it. I mean, I know, it may sound corny, it may sound whatever, but, you know, if you don't leave something better than you found it, then, 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 then why even mess with it? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I think I think at the end, uh, you know, when you look back at what you've done, it's the simple things that matter. And probably, you know, those things that you're mentioning um, have helped a lot of people, whether it's in the professional or in the personal lives. And, you know, I, I think um, when when I see you from from outside and, and, you know, what we consume as a community, we see that everywhere that you you go, you leave your footprints, right? And 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 you know, it's up it's up to the next person whether you know you're gonna follow that step or you're gonna make your own, but you're leading a certain way. And and you mentioned something very interesting when you um when you said you know when you started there was no social media involved, there were there was a different way of doing business. And one of the 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 topics that we always touch in cigars podcast is about that change, right? That shift in the tobacco business in the world uh, where things uh, were a certain way. And now it looks like things are running at 200 miles per hour. Uh, you know, because of the information, internet, social media, things are way, way faster. Um, how, how can you look at, you know, when you look back and you look at where you're at right now, um, how do you see the tobacco industries? How do you see Cohiba as a brand? How do you see, you know, a, actually, I'm in North Carolina. You're in Atlanta. Right now, we're having a cigar. So that is something beautiful that couldn't happen very often. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. how do you see this world changing when it comes to the business side and when, you see, when, when it comes to the brand recognition and the, all these, these amazing cigars that you're putting out? The big thing, thanks for... The amazing cigars, uh, uh, compliment, appreciate it. Um, the big thing is is being able to touch the consumer. There, there, there's not as many layers now, right? Um, you know, and 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 we knew this, but boy, was it was it was it even more evident during COVID? I mean, because everybody just started, and and, and that was you know as, as as dark as that period was for everybody. One of the beautiful things was uh, that we found new ways to connect with each other, and I made some relationships virtually. That are still, you know, part of, uh, you know, still part of my life now, uh, as, as far as consumers that that I would, would maybe not have had a chance to really get to know, and uh, it's kind of cool now. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the, the consumers I met virtually, as I go in different areas and do events in person, 
I meet with them and, and we even have dinner and stuff like that. So it's, um, I think the big thing is, is it's just, it's just uh, a lot less layers and a lot less hoops to jump through to get to the consumer and touch the consumer, which that, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you want to, you're a cigar maker, you want to get, you know, as quickly to the cigar lovers as possible. Uh, and, 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 and this, this world we're in now, thanks to technology, that's, uh, that, that's easier to do than it's ever been. Um, and, uh, and that's a great thing. Um, there are some drawbacks to that too. Uh, I think some people miss some of the fundamentals as they're putting things together um, that ultimately you'll need, whether you're, 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 you're direct to consumer or not, there's certain mechanics about this business that don't really change. Um, you know, so um, you go to market a lot faster than you used to, but I think maybe some things are missed along the way that kind of concern me, but you know, I, that's me. I, you know, I, I try to, you know, just gauge myself every now and then and wonder, am I just a, you know, a old man thinking like an old man? Um, and you don't know, right? But I think there's no harm. There's no harm in, 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 you know, even though nobody writes letters anymore, it's still nice to know how to, you know, write by hand, right? You know what exactly. I'm saying? So, yeah. So it's little things like that. But overall, it, I think it's a positive. And it's good to see it from, from your point of view. Uh, because a lot of the community that we touch right now is the, the new generation of smokers. Uh, when we talk about cigars podcasts, we started two years ago um, because I used to post pictures of the cigars that I was smoking. And I used to get a lot of questions from the younger generation. I, I remember my first question was, I am going to play golf with my boss and he's a cigar aficionado. Can you recommend me at least three cigars that I could take for him? And this person was 26 years old, an engineer from Puerto Rico, asking me questions. And I said, you know what? Um, I get a lot of these questions. I think we should start something and kind of like address it to the next generation because, you know, our our demographic uh, pretty much and, and our age range is from 25 to 50 and you know, our demographics mostly are Latinos in the U.S. And, you know, we started this journey and then they got interested not only in the cigars, but in the story of people like you, right? I think we each identify with different characters and different uh, people in the industry. And we all have like, you know, the person who want to meet and, and shake their hand and talk about a cigar, or talk about your favorite drink or, you know, just ask them a question. So we decided to bring these stories uh, with this concept. And it's been two years now, next month, and it's been quite all right. We met a few people and I am happy to lead this project and I'm happy to have you here. But um, now I'm going to shift the conversation to the cigar that I'm having, uh, which is the Coiba Weller. And the first thing that really draws my attention is that wrapper, which is a Honduran wrapper. And it's just dark, beautiful, just oily. And then, you know, of course, I had to do some research and read about it. But I'm going to let you talk about this cigar that was very hard to get, at least for me. Uh, people were buying it like crazy. Some people were putting it away for a special occasion because to me, This is, um, together with the Spectre, is one of the most elegant cigars that I've seen in a while. It just brings back that elegance and that uh, beautiful like tradition and formality to a cigar. I feel like this cigar has a tuxedo, a tuxedo on, like it has some formal attire, and I love it. Uh, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel confident about having this cigar in my hands right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so that that was another special release, obviously, and uh, it was really that was a really really fun project. So, um, Sazerac Group, uh, which owns Buffalo Trace Distillery, of, of course, where Weller is made, E.H. Taylor, uh, uh, Elmer T. Lee, uh, Pappy Van Winkle, Eagle Rare. I mean, you 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 Blantons, like you can't like like you think about it's it's the most uh, uh, highly awarded distillery in the world in any spirit category. So picture that, right? So they approached us to, 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 to of all the brands they could have to, 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 to make a cigar for them, you know? So, um, you know, we're excited and I'm a bourbon guy. Um, so I was really excited. Um, so that particular cigar was, 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 was uh, uh, blended to pair with the Weller 12 year, 
Uh, of course, the Weller bourbons are known for uh, uh, being weeded bourbon. So not super hot, uh, not super heavy, more elegant, right? Um, but I wanted something that was, um, that was gonna sort of um, stay sort of in the vein of Cohiba. Cohiba, you know, we don't put out strong cigars, but as far as ultra premium, our stuff is on the fuller side. So I wanted something that was a Maduro. Uh, we ended up with that wrapper there, uh, San Duran, uh, specifically Solancha San Agustin, which is uh, uh, farms up in uh, Honduras near uh, uh, Guatemala. Um, and we grow uh, you know, a, a good bit of tobacco there. Um, and and um, that particular uh, wrapper uh, just really, really just highlighted that cigar. You got some, some Hamstrad Honduras, of course, Peloto Cabano, uh, Esteli. Um, so uh, uh, just sort of the best of Central America uh, um, bundled up into that cigar, man. So uh, it was a, it was a fun project to, to do, a uh, really fun project to do. I'm really excited about this year's release, which will be out late summer, maybe early fall. It'll be uh, the Weller 2022, which is a totally different blend. And we, have, we had a little bit more time with this. And so we actually have uh, the binder uh, uh, aging in Weller 12 year barrels at the factory in the DR now. So, um, cause I didn't want anything infused, obviously you don't want that sort of bourbony over, over the top. Uh, uh, aroma, but you wanted to pick up the essence, the nuance, and and we tried a few different uh, uh, parts of the blend to age, and it seems like the binder really just kind of picked it up uh, uh, um, and, and, and offered it with the balance that you want. It's enough that, that you really get the essence and, and the room note, but it's not overpowering and it's very, very uh, well, well, well balanced. See, I think that's why we, again, uh, our media like us, we come into play because we like to know these stories. Like, so how do you put yourself as a cigar aficionado, cigar smoker in the shoes of the people responsible for this Liga? It, you know, something that we've been doing in Cigars Podcast, the whole community, since we started the year was trying to come up with like an empty, I would say, clean slate and trying to understand and let the cigar speak to you. And, and with that comes, you know, sometimes I think uh, people are obsessed or sometimes it's their job to rate cigars and to put out, you know, a, an article on, on the components of the cigar and the experience. However, we decided to gravitate more towards the experience that the cigar brings you and talk about the positive things. Because, you know, when you spend a, an hour, an hour and a half, and you create the ambience and you serve yourself a nice glass of bourbon, whiskey, scotch, beer, or the spirits that you want to you wanna have with your cigar, and you put some music, et cetera, you're, you're investing in yourself. And, you know, I came with this thing. I said, well, you can't invest in yourself and then say it's a bad experience or turn it into a bad experience or get obsessed about coming up with a number. So we started putting ourselves in the shoes and, and I think it has helped us understand those blends better. But what is your advice to somebody that has never smoked Cohiba or that uh, it has tried at least one or two cigars and is uh, opening themselves to the huge selection that you have available? Um, uh, as with Cohiba, with any cigar, uh, um, you know, no different, just be open-minded and, 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 you know, you, 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 you pose the question, how does the, 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 the cigar, um, you know, the person experiencing the cigar, how do they put themselves in the, the shoes of the blender? That's kind of hard to do, but, but to your point, maybe um, if they've researched the blend, you know, and, and have at least some basic experience with cigars, maybe kind of get an idea of what to expect or what to look for, but also be open-minded, right? Um, you know, cigars are, you know, people go, at least I do, and most people I know who make cigars, there's something you're trying to achieve as far as a profile, right? Um, with the Weller, we wanted something that was going to be a hair above medium that gave you notes that you like in a Maduro cigar. You got that nice sort of uh, 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 subtle coffee bottom, a little bit of cocoa, um, but it's not a cigar that's very spice forward, not heavy. It's very silky on a palate, and that was done that way to, to be paired with the Weller. Um, this cigar smoking now the M, um, you know Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper. Um, you know it's it's it's, 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 a, it's a cool cool spice to it, uh, more cedar, um, you know richness, 
Um, the Connecticut is a creamery cigar. So, so there, there is something that we were intending for that experience to be. Not everybody's going to experience it as we intended, but um, maybe just try to appreciate the cigar for what it is. You know, um, and certainly when it comes to Cohiba, uh, try to, to appreciate the, the, the diversity in the blends. You know, we don't have any two cigars that taste alike, and that's by design. Um, and in particular, I like to look and find, okay, well, we have this wrapper is from Ecuador. Uh, um, this wrapper is from Connecticut, U.S. This wrapper is from Cameroon, Africa. This, you know, so you try to look around the world to get the best materials from around the world to put the experience together. So the big thing is just kind of be open-minded and uh, and see where the cigar takes you. Don't overthink it though. Uh, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm always, um, um, what's the word? Not disappointed, but always, uh, uh, you know, kind of want to tell people pump the brakes because somebody will be smoking a cigar and they'll DM me, oh, I'm smoking this. I'm getting notes of this, this, this. Listen, man, I, you know, just, just tell me you're getting notes of you like it. Like, like, are you enjoying it? Is, 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 is it working uh, well and pairing well with whatever you're smoking? Or is, is it, did it complement the meal that you just ate? That's all I really need, right? Because um, somebody's going to, like you said, some, there's somebody out there trying to review it and rate it and whatever. And I don't even pay attention to those a whole lot, uh, to be honest, because it's so subjective. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the person that put their hard-earned money on the counter and bought the cigar, did they enjoy it? That's all I really care about. So, and if you didn't enjoy it, by all means, tell me why. And maybe you got uh, the cigar that wasn't meant for you. Because my job or our job as a cigar brand is to is to put different cigars out that would appeal to different palettes and different profiles. So if you got a cigar at Cohiba and it didn't like set you know light you up and you didn't really care for it, okay, great. Well, let's talk about we. That's what I would, I'm at events before I, I start telling guys or, or ladies about cigars. What do you like to smoke? What do you normally smoke? Uh, I try not to ask specifically about brands, but give me profiles, give me notes, give me, give me, give me strength, give, you know. And so based on that, I kind of guide them towards where I think we should start. Then by all means, let's try other stuff as well. But I want you to have a good experience. So the big thing is uh, just be open-minded, sit back uh, uh, and see where the cigar takes you, right? Um, you know, you, and you'll be surprised. I mean, because a lot of people say, oh, I don't like, uh, I don't like uh, strong cigars. I don't like Maduro's. I don't like Connecticut's and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, you just never know, um, you know, what a cigar, I mean, if you smoke the Cohiba Black and, you know, you look at it, you think, oh, the cigar is going to knock my head off. It's not. It's a medium body Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. Um, the, the, the Nicaragua, which is an Oscura wrapper, is fuller than the Black. But people look at them and look at the colors of the wrappers and make judgments on it. So uh, just be open-minded, try it, you know? Uh, and the big thing is talk to uh, their, their retailer, talk to their tobacconists, uh, and talk with the other cigar lovers in, in, the, in, in their cigar family, whether it's in their uh, shop that they hang out, whether it's an online community, and just, just talk with each other. That's what it's about, you know? Uh, and enjoy the experience and enjoy learning. Like, like I mean, I love smoking new cigars. I and I love smoking a cigar that makes me want to make more cigars. You know what I mean? Like, damn, this is good, you know? Back to the drawing board. That's 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 what it's about, and hopefully the consumers enjoy that as well. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm having this conversation with you, and I am, I am learning a lot. And you know, just because, uh, you know, you're here, it's not. I'm not saying this just because you're here. I'm saying this because I think it it takes a lot of cigars to learn about a brand about ourselves, about somebody's personal journey, about the store that you're getting the cigars, about that uh, tobacconist that's selling you and they have, you know, their, their personal reasons, their palates. So I think this is a constant learning experience. And, you know, when I look at, at the offerings, you have a couple of boxes there behind you. Um, it seems like, you know, Cohiba is big on the limited releases. You guys go all the way, um, The, the Spectre was an amazing release. It was super elegant. It was something like never seen before. But when I sit in my local lounge and I am there for two hours or three hours sitting down, listening to a podcast or watching a movie or listening to a, an album and I come and I, I just see these people coming and going, you know, they always gravitate towards the core line. And this right. is something that, You know, I I like to I, I like to do this kind of like bets to people. I said, like, if you don't sue this, 
let me know. I'll send you like, you know, I, we're here. We're our sponsor is Black Lion Luxuries, which uh, last year you had an amazing event, Harrisburg Beer and Cigars online. Hey, yeah, I you. couldn't go because I was I had a family. Uh, my wife is military, so I had a, a one a, one a military commitment with her that I had to be there. Uh, but I do remember people telling me about the experience and um, and I like to challenge people. We we have the month uh, the club of the cigar of the month club with uh, Black Lion Luxuries. And I tell the people, if you don't like the selection that they curate for for you, for us or for you, um, let me know. Send me the remaining cigars and I'll send you some of my personal cigars. I'll let you pick whatever you have. Yeah. That's how I stand behind a black lion and the product that they curate for the community is just such an amazing product now um i like to challenge people and i said if you go to a lounge and you're there for three hours or two hours or an hour and you don't see one person grabbing a cohiba then like you know there's something wrong because there's always this customer who's grabbing a few other cohibas and at least here in north carolina where i'm at they they sell a lot, and I do see that. And that created, at least to, to my palate, the, the curiosity, right? It created that curiosity where I did have tried the black. I had tried some limited releases. But I said, you know what? I got to check their core lineup. I got to go and check what people are buying uh, because these people who are buying, these are the people that ask me the questions. And then, you know, I go and talk about it in a podcast. So I got to get to know the core lines. And I started this journey of learning about the core lines. In today's world, we just have a lot of releases. Like it feels like the music business uh, is very similar now. I'm a professional musician. It seems like it's very similar to the cigar business nowadays. There's limited releases coming out every week. And sometimes people get caught up in that and they miss the point, which is try these great cigars that have been around for a while and that the Ligas are proven and they've been selling a lot. Um, talk to talk to the audience about the core line and, and what's so important about having a solid core line. Uh, I think sometimes we don't ask that question. We get caught up in the releases and what's happening in the moment that we miss that core line question, and I like to bring it up. Yeah, so I mean, the core line is 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 is, is uh, that's um, how do you explain it? Um, okay, so so everybody has, oh, not everybody, but you know, if you're if you're if you're a, a car guy, you're fortunate enough to have a number of cars. You'll have, you know, your your your, your supercar, you know, your ultra luxury car, whatever. But then you have your daily drivers, you know, like 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 like, like sort of your comfort zone. That you, you know, like to drive every day, whatever, and that's what the core line really represents. So, you know, um, we drop these special releases so that people can sort of break up the routine and try something new. And then also, quite honestly, it's kind of selfish for us. I mean, I, I like to dabble with new tobacco, and you can't expect the retailer to absorb everything you bring out if it's if it's going to be a a regular production. That means it's going to have to live in there on the shelves and live in that humidor forever. So where do they make the space at? Special releases are different. Those come and they go, and it gives people uh, a chance to really get some special and collectible stuff. But uh, the core is there, man. You know, I mean, you know, you 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 you're uh, you. What instrument do you play? I'm a percussionist. I play uh, Latin percussion, and I had a. I'm a young person, but I had quite a career. I started when I was a teenager, and my mom. Yes had to drive me to the clubs because I couldn't get in because it was 21 wow. and up. Wow. And, you know, um, so I started, I remember Thursdays I would play at this club in San Juan and uh, my mom had to go with me every Thursday. And I used to come to school at 7.30, like, you know, and, you know, like sleepy because I was playing till 2.30 a.m. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I play percussion. I'm very proud of it. Uh, nice. And I'm also a folklorist, which is... Um, there is a certain uh, type of genre of music in Puerto Rico. It's called bomba and then plena, which was our African heritage. When the enslaved people were brought to the Americas, they brought their drums. And the way of communicating it wasn't through talking. They were from different places. It was through like the Congo drumming. Square in New Orleans, man. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. I actually, I actually was in Congo Square Festival three weeks ago in New Orleans. Nice. And I had a beautiful time. I couldn't 
picked a better time. It was just so enriching. It, I got to drum with some of the old timers there. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's pretty cool how, how the drum unites us. It's very similar to the cigars. Um, and it's, you never know who's sitting next to you, right? I came in and, and they didn't know I could play. And I said, hey, you know, with all the respect, can you, you know, I didn't have my drum with me. Can you let me play? And I started playing and then I found myself playing for an hour and a half without stopping because they, they kept me in the circle, you know, nice, and, nice, and it was nice. just so, um, so beautiful nice. to, to share nice. that in common. Nice. But it's very similar to a cigar. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get it. So, so you know, and if you get into more, if you look in, in you know, a more traditional genre like rock, you know, you got the guitar solo, you got the lead guitar. We still got the bass guitar, right? Like, 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 like that, 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 that okay. powers everything, right? So that's kind of like what the core line is. I mean, that, that allows people. And listen, let's let's let, you know, let's be realistic. Not everybody um, has the inclination to to spend, you know, a hundred dollars on a Spectre or or or, or you know. Uh, $30 on, on an M, you know, so, you know, you want, you know, the Naked Agua, that's something in the mid-teens, great, uh, 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 medium plus, uh, full-body cigar, and if somebody likes that sort of profile, that Oscuro wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler, it's kind of in the pocket. The Blue, great, talking about a daily driver, great cigar, uh, has the same variety of wrapper that's on that, 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 that uh, cigar you're smoking, actually, but the fermentations are just different, so it's a lot of San Agustin, uh, Honduran, uh, rapper and binder, Honduran and the filler along with Nicaraguan and Dominican. And it allows people to really get uh, a really, really, uh, uh, you know, a terrific cigar at, at, at a great price. So you want to have something that, that, that touches a lot of different people. So we can't just put out special releases. You want core lines. You know, the, the, the Connecticut has a Ecuadorian shade grown wrapper. That's a different profile for people that like Connecticut shade cigars. Um, then the Cameroon, the red dot, I mean, that's a very, very distinctive profile. If someone likes Cameroon, they like that sort of cedary, uh, uh, slight creaminess and the richness you get from that elegant cigar, then, then that is so. That is what it is. So we got things that none of the cigars taste alike. They're, they're, they're totally different. So, um, you know, the, the, our job is to make something that, that, that hopefully it, it, anybody walking in and off the street, if they want to experience a Cohiba, there should be something in, in the profile for them. So that's what the core line represents. Our our uh, uh, effort to really, you know, tap into the palate of, of cigar lovers out there and make sure everybody has something to try and not have to rely on smoking a Cohiba, uh, uh, one of 50,000 cigars that's going to be gone, or in the case of the Weller, one of uh, 60,000 cigars that's going to be gone. You know, so you want the core line because you want people to be able to enjoy the cigars on a regular basis. So we try to put out profiles to to, to differentiate the blends among, uh, amongst themselves so that hopefully somebody has uh, something that they can try and be a part of their regular rotation or kind of like a daily driver, you know? That, that is, uh, you know, when, when people listen to this podcast, I want everybody that's listening to this podcast, whether you're in your car, your job, at home, smoking a cigar, enjoying yourself, I want to think about what, what Sean says and think about, let's do an exercise. Think about what is your daily driver, right? Your daily cigar. And think about that even though it's a daily cigar, you're allowed to experiment. Don't think that you have to stick with that cigar forever and ever. Um, and I think there's certain profiles that would make that daily driver. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's an exercise that the audience can can do and can put yeah. into action. Just think of it as these are my daily cigars. What is it that I like from them uh, that that makes them my daily cigar and go out and experiment what kind of, uh, you know, in this case, Cohiba, all the cigars that are out there with that same profile. And I think that you can open yourself to who I think endless possibilities yeah. right now in the cigar world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So, so Sean, I think, um, you know, when, when, when you look Sean, uh, when you look up Sean Williams, right. And you, um, and, and you have a uh, numerous interviews and articles that feature yourself. You're very open about where you came from and where you headed. Uh, you were an athlete and, um, and then in 2005, if I'm not mistaken, you venture into the cigar world, or it was the first time experiencing your cigars, uh, your first cigar. Um, 
did you ever see yourself where you're at now? And no idea. No idea. No, no man. My, my background. I mean, I I I I, I uh, played football in college. Uh, uh, interned with uh, uh, then South Central Bell. Now it's uh, All Bell South, but in New Orleans uh, as a college intern. Uh, you know, finished school and went to work for the phone company, and that was like you know. That was a big deal. So you're talking the early '90s, and you know, and, and, you know, in, in New Orleans, it's like, oh, you gonna work for phone company? It's like you can be there forever. That's a great job, you know. You do that forever and retire, get a gold watch, whatever. And um, end up moving out of that into into a few other uh, uh, areas of interest, and landed in pharmaceuticals. Was in that for years, and, uh, you know. Then eventually got into. Uh, uh, real estate. And, and, and that was around the time I started smoking cigars. And it was really just a passion. I just loved doing it, you know. Um, and when I took my first trip to Nicaragua in January 2006, it wasn't really, I wasn't thinking I was going to build some global brand. I really was just um, wanting to do a cigar that I really thought was going to be more for the, the local Atlanta scene and different events that I was doing in, in Atlanta. So no, I, I wasn't thinking past that really, you know, um, had no idea. So you were uh, you, know. you were trying to build a a, a private brand to complement what you were doing professionally at the time. Is that right? No, not really. I mean, when I was a professional, I was in real estate. It had nothing to do with cigars. Okay, nothing to do with cigars. I I started the Atlanta Cigar Society just because I was passionate about cigars. So so like you you you're a musician, but you know you're 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 passionate cigars. So you have a podcast and and you're part of media. So uh, I was in in real estate. My passion was cigars. So. I was doing cigar events, you know, poker nights and stuff like that. And, nice. and I thought it was kind of cool to have a private label cigar just for the stuff I was doing here locally. And that's all I was thinking. I wasn't really thinking past that, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's a trip, man. I mean, and, uh, you know, I guess misfortune uh, sort of uh, kind of forced my hand a little bit, you know, uh, the real estate market crashed in 2008, um, you know, and I crashed right with it. Um, but by that time, my, my cigars were on the shelves with, you know, 20, 24 shops, something like that. Um, and, and, and I hadn't really even figured out the business side of it. Like, you know, it, it, it was really um, just just really just a passion thing. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I, I think I, I, gotten, uh, I got a couple of decent ratings by then. Uh, so I knew that, you know, my cigars uh, had some marketability uh, because, you know, the consumers, uh, certainly locally, uh, liked them, uh, had a uh, a decent number of, of accounts for what I was trying to do at the time. And, uh, and I got some nice ratings in, in, in uh, Cigar Snob, Cigar Journal, Smoke Magazine. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm broke now, you know, <laughs> I got, got nothing to lose. So, uh, you know, let me try to figure this thing out. So I've been full-time with cigars since about 2009, man. But um, even with that, I, I couldn't have charted a course that was going to lead me to being a guy uh, on the other end of the screen for you for you know, for Cohiba right now like that 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 was certainly not a, not in a plan um, but I mean you know things happen man it's it's uh, it's just amazing you know it's amazing uh, not easy though this business that you know you talk about mentoring people man I, I tell um, as I talk to uh, you know people who are interested in getting in business or just starting first off if they haven't gotten into the business I get a lot of people come up and say I'm interested in starting a cigar line my first advice is don't do it right <laughs> that's my very first advice and if I can't talk them off the ledge for some reason then I'll help them build a parachute <laughs> you know um, but um, it's a tough business man so so I certainly couldn't have figured I was going to do this and I've done you know a couple of different uh, a couple of different ranges over the years I mean uh, you know I've made cigars at a number of different factories had it uh, distribution deal uh, uh, was distributed through PDR. A Flores, good friend of mine. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to work with some good people and learned a lot along the way, and and, and made some good relationships uh, and people that, that that mentored me along the way. Um, so when this opportunity did come along, I was able to look at it uh, not from an egotistical standpoint, and that was important because you know when when General Cigar uh, comes along and says you know hey okay um, we want you to be uh, you know, the lead guy for Cohiba. Well, that meant walking away from my brand, El Primer Mundo. So, you know, um, you know, you had to think about like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta, you know, because if you're not the face of your brand, it's not really gonna, you know, exactly. Gonna, yeah. So, um, so I had to, I had to give that some thought, man. But then I just thought about like, um, you think about, you talk about legacy, right? Like, like if, you know, as a cigar maker, 
can uh, can I find uh, a better opportunity, uh, a better brand, better company, um, with all the things, you know, being in place, like uh, you know the, the the ability to be innovative, uh, the ability to make decisions and have the latitude that you want. Uh, with all those things being in place, can I find a better uh, uh, opportunity to be a cigar maker? And 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 I I said, well, ultimately no, you know. Um, and it's uh it's exceeded whatever expectation I had. And when I, when this this month actually makes five years that that I've been wow. congratulations. I, I think I think when when you look at it from um maybe like a sports term, you know, you made the all star team in your first your first job, like. I think having the opportunity to work with such a magnificent brand as Cohiba, the legacy, the resources that you have, it's like, you know, the, the incredible when you, team, man. It's, incredible team of people. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, talk to us about the resources that are available when you're blending. Um, you know, we when we interview different blenders, um, they always talk about those resources. And and having these tools at their disposal is something that's key to making great product. Now, when you join such a legendary brand as Cohiba, eh, you know, I think about the access to, to tobacco that you might have. Yeah. And you mentioned it, you know, it's going around the world, finding the best tobacco in the world. Uh, how do you, I mean, making the selection, right? It, it it requires some research. It requires a process. Do you already have something in mind or does the legal process start when you uh, start trying different tobaccos, like different crops that came out and had different qualities? Or is this something that, you know, eat, sleep and breathe all the time? You're always thinking ahead. Uh, how how do that, do that does that go for yourself? How does the blending process yeah, start in question. your head? That's a good question. So, so um, it's different. Like uh, Connecticut was was when, when when you know, like we'll we'll uh, we, we're constantly working on innovations as we call them. Like we're projecting to put out in 2023 and 2024. And a lot of times we don't know. Like it's kind of a blank canvas. But we want to try to okay. Well, what could we put out in our portfolio that's different and that's not going to step on the toes of anything else we have, whether it's price, profile, or whatever. So we kind of work from that angle for the most part. Connecticut was something different. It was like, you know, we got from 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 from, from the higher-ups, we want a, a, a Connecticut for Cohiba. So okay, we know what the mission is. We're doing a Connecticut, right? That was that was pretty uh pretty straightforward. So and then we got into uh figuring out what 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 we want to use as far as the wrapper. Um, and there's there's some backstory to that as to how we landed on the, the wrapper we landed on. But that was that was instructive. We want a Connecticut. Cohiba needs a Connecticut. Okay, well we make make a Connecticut. Uh, but normally it's 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 um, you know, and we've uh, we've done special releases for the last few years, which is always great to do because again that doesn't really take up a whole lot of bandwidth. It doesn't put a whole lot of push on the portfolio, um, and we get to have fun with it. Well, we've got you know uh, the directive now that next year we need to launch another full time. That's a different calculation because a full time has to be, uh, you put out special release, you're not thinking as much about price. You're not thinking, you know, you just you just have fun with it. Well, this has to have a certain price point. That's going to be something that can work somebody's rotation on a regular basis. Um, but then from a profile standpoint, how does it fit into the overall portfolio of cigars that we have? And we're working on that now, um, you know, and uh, a lot of times, uh, so I mean, I, I, I literally roll cigars here in my house. Like I have, I have cabinets of tobacco and I roll cigars now. And I'll maybe I'll find something I like uh, uh, from a wrapper standpoint. Um, you know, I was in I went to the factory in February and ahead of that trip, I sent them uh, based on stuff I blended here. Uh, sent just just you know, okay, roll you know, roll this blend, this wrapper, this you know, and two different options, and we'll smoke them because uh, what I roll here is going to taste different there, right? Exactly. Tobacco, double binder, you know, and in, in, in my in my you know. Uh, I'm not a production roller. So my cigars aren't nearly as pretty, and theirs are going to be a little bit different. They use the uh, 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 the, 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 the machine that the, I can't think of. The, um, um, it's going to come to me. The, the, the machine that they put uh, the binder on with. Um, so it's a little different. Um, so we'll taste that, and that kind of gives us a baseline. Okay, well, I like what this wrapper is doing. Um, we may not have anything like this in, in a portfolio. So so we kind of start from that angle, right? Um, 
And that's how it starts. And then there's sometimes where if there's something we want in particular, uh, we'll reach out to the factories. Uh, uh, a lot of times we'll start with uh, with Ernest Gojak. I don't know if you've ever seen Ernest on anything or heard of him. He, he's uh, he's just uh, this this this. I mean, just talking about a wealth of knowledge. Like he's literally been all over the world to some of the most dangerous corners of the world. Uh, um, you know, um, you know, looking for tobacco and, and, and working with different farms and. If we have any issue with the growers in Brazil, he's on a plane there. Any issues in Cameroon, he's on a plane there. So uh, he knows a lot of inventory that may not be on the radar. So we'll ask about, uh, he comes into play a lot more so for special releases uh, because there's a lot of stuff sitting on the books that the factories day to day have just forgotten about. Um, but then, you know, I, I lean on the other, you know, th there's some incredible blenders, uh, cigar guys in, in, the, in, in the company that, that I learned from, you know, Jonas Diaz, Yuri Guillen, Augustine, uh, Garcia, uh, uh, Abel. And so we reach out and we just kind of talk. Okay, this is what we, we, you know, and we're going through this process now. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. Like, what are we going to put out next year? We got some options. But man, you just never know. Like, it's it's <laughs> it's a different amount of pressure because this is something that's going to live on a price sheet. Our sales guys have to sell this week in, week out. Um, so it's a little bit more pressure on that. Um, so, but that's how the process pretty much starts, okay? Uh, we need something that's not going to overlap with anything else we have. Um, and do we have any blind spots as far as the, the price stratification? Like, like you know, we're up here with 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 uh, with uh, Royale. We're down here with Blue. Nicaragua's here. So, okay, where where, where does it make sense? And, um, and 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 that's you know, kind of kind of starts from that, you know. And then we'll have suggestions a lot of times, which is pretty cool. You know, there, there's guys in the factory now who you know. Uh, blending and, and they, they may not, you know, may not even be on your radar, but, you know, they've been working in tobacco as long as me and they have ideas. So a lot of times they'll come up with something sort of like, you know, hey, you're doing an album here, listen to the song, see, see if it's going to make you out, you know, so, which is a fun process as well. So that's fun. A, that, lot of, a lot of different things involved. You know? that, that is, I think that's one of the, the most fun parts. I think, you know, in this process, how you tell the story is, You have the plan versus the unplanned, and then that unplanned part can, that's kind of like one of the most sought times in that timeline where you get to improvise, you know, for those musicians out there, that's where you take your solo and the solo can take you in different ways. Um, and I think that's the beauty of Tobacco. Uh, so, you know, you talk about the team and you mentioned quite a few people And, you know, to us, the community, that's beautiful. Um, I think uh, being the face of a, a prestigious company, is you get a lot of attention, but you have all these people in the background who make yeah, yeah, this, this everything possible. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this doesn't happen out there, man. And I, I don't, I don't, like, I, yeah, people say, oh, you're a master blender. Don't, don't ever call me a master blender, dude. Because it's like, I, 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 I embrace the fact that I learned more about tobacco like every day every day i mean that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of it and, it, and there's guys that are in our factories that have forgotten more about tobacco than i know and and i love when i get to go down there with them. that talk about something i love to do man like like i'm like a kid when i get to go to the fact like i just i just i, I love it and people <coughs> excuse me outside the industry <coughs> outside of cigars could not understand like what's the like about it you know you just Sitting there and, and 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 you know just rolling up cigars and, and, and smoking different stuff, working with it. it's just I, I love that man, and I love learning from those guys. And and you know for those, that audience that's listening to us, um, when you walk inside a cigar factory, the influx of information is so much. There's so much happening that I feel like you have to have a certain mentality to go in there. Like, you know, like Kobe Bryant, he had that Mamba mentality. And, and you definitely have to have the Mamba mentality to go into a cigar factory, whether it's that you're working or you're visiting, uh, the influx of information and the amount of movement that there is in a cigar factory is crazy. So it can all either overwhelm you or it can get you super excited and energize yeah. yourself. And, and I've been in both places. I've been in the place where I've been a little bit overwhelmed and I've been in the place that now I get, I go in and I get super excited because yeah. it's so much information. It's hard to understand the first time you walk into a cigar factory. So as you, this is a continuous job. And I suggest to the people that have visited once go 
uh, to these events in Dominican Republic, go to Nicaragua, go to different countries, Honduras, um, and enjoy that process because every time you go, you're going to see things from a different perspective. Allow yourself this opportunity. You're going to become a better person, better aficionado, better woman, better man. Uh, definitely is going to uh, get to the point uh, that you're going to come back home energized. My wife, she she's like, oh, you like you came from DR and you're like, you know, a different person. I said, you know, that's what tobacco does. Like, it's just mm -hmm. so many beautiful people, so many beautiful processes and so many hands that touch that product Amazing. that Amazing. it makes you a better human being. You know, it, it creates that empathy. It's, it's, it's almost humbling, man, like to, to, to think that, um, you know, this this process started years ago, you know, before, you know, and, and, you know, hundreds of hands touches it, a lot of time, a lot of attention goes into something that we're going to burn up in an hour. You know, it's amazing. It really is. It is. It is. Well, Sean, we've been talking for an hour and, and we are coming to the end of this amazing podcast that it's going to make it in our anniversary second anniversary edition of cigars podcast so this is going to well, be a special congratulations. Congratulations. thank you this is going to be a very special episode and i wanted people to get a glimpse of what the brand represents oftentimes when we think about cohiba we think about you know what happened in cuba and the brand that developed but uh, here we've seen a brand that's developing and that develop and is constantly in evolution. And I really appreciate how Cohiba has evolved, how Cohiba, how, you know, careful you are in picking these tobaccos for, for, for the audience, for the aficionados, the process, so they can understand and appreciate. Now, um, I have one more question for you, and it's about the aspect of the elegance that you put out in your products. Um, I remember one of our community members, Axel from um, Pennsylvania, Harrisburg and Cigars, Black Lion, he was in the event. Yeah. He said, you know, one of the things that really impressed me was how the specter in the event that you guys had last year was packaged, how like, you know, there was some gloves and there was like, you know, some chocolate to enjoy it. And he's like, I never seen the cigar in that aspect where I know a lot of people Uh, see the cigar maybe as a luxurious thing and then some of us see it as an everyday thing it depends on how you consume the product now there is a cohiba for every day pretty much and you know I, i've been witness to that i pretty much tried all of the cigars in your in your uh, portfolio except for the spectra because i couldn't make it to the event and there's another cohiba c8 i believe yeah, yeah. Uh, you that you have to talk to us a little bit about it So yeah. how do you go into that aspect of luxury without kind of like leaving behind the aspect of this is a natural product. It's grown by farmers. It's grown by, you know, humble hands and in and, and different parts of the world. How do you intersect and, and move on to the luxurious without leaving that uh, essential part behind? Well, I mean, you can't, you can't, it can't be all hat and no cattle, right? Like, like, you know, the packaging for our special releases is, is always going to be special because uh, it has to be, it's, just, it's called a special release. So, so the packaging should be special. And if someone, it, it, you know, Spectre, C8, uh, even Cerium, I look at those as collectible cigars. So if someone is going to collect it, then, uh, uh, you know, something that they're going to have as a keepsake, I think it should be memorable, you know, and it should be an experience. Everybody loves the unboxing of something really nice, right? So if someone is spending top dollar on, on, on a really fine product, then I think that the packaging should be an experience uh, just as much as the actual uh, cigar itself. And as far as how we don't leave it behind, I mean, first thing we concentrate on is the cigar. Like you can't, there's no getting around that. Like there's no getting around that. Inspector, every, uh, listen, the first year we did Spectre was, 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 You know, we had this concept for, uh, and they were calling it internally. This is before I came on board. I remember sitting in uh, the first meeting after I signed my contract, flew up to Richmond. I'm sitting in a conference room with uh, Andres, who was the senior brand guy at the time. He's like, okay, this is the vision for Cohiba. And we talk about all these things we want to do. And one of the things up there was a ghost cigar. I was like, what is that? He said, well, we don't really know, but we want something that's really super exclusive, uh, hard to get, super rare, 
uh, but really special. We don't really know exactly what it is. And that, that was, it was just kind of up there. And I said, like, well, we'll just kind of think about that back of here. A few weeks later, I'm in the DR and uh, I'm in, uh, in Lise, uh, which uh, uh, is a place where we store like a raw materials facility. And uh, Don Kiko, uh, who is an incredible, incredible uh, tobacco grower, he's showing me around the facility. And I stumbled across this bale and it's this, this, this bale of Palo Cubano in Tercios. And you know what tercios are with the with the, uh, the, the the palm leaves, and the palm leaves are brown. They were like like patinaed and brown, so I can tell it was old. So I was like, you know, what is this? It's like it's below Cabano. and I'm looking at the the date code, and I can't figure out what it is. And he's like, oh, it's 1995. I lost my shit. Wow. <laughs> and this was 2007. So this is what is that? Uh, 22 year old tobacco? Is that right? 22 year old tobacco? Something like that? I'm thinking like. What the hell? Like, so immediately I'm like, okay, well, we got to do something with this. And he's like, well, it's one bale of tobacco. We can't do anything with it. I was like, yeah, we can. We, we can do something with this. And he doesn't know that we're already talking about this ghost cigar. So that's kind of how it started. So it started from a natural place of, 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 of seeing what's going to be the really sort of rare tobacco in there. But now each year as we do it, it's like Ernest is like, you know, I, I lean on him a lot. Like, okay, well, what do we have? What, what's on the radar? What do we, what do we have that we can use? And, and he's the person that's responsible for like, like sourcing all this, this super rare, like one and done tobacco. And it gets harder every year. Like you don't have unicorn tobacco just, you know, uh, 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 stacked up to the ceiling. So, um, and I didn't know we were going to be doing Spectre every year. So, um, you know, so with that, we put a lot into the tobacco. Like, like, I mean, there's no, there's no smoking mirrors, there's no whatever, and there's a special process. There's only two people touching uh, uh, the specter. It's the same pair that rolls all the specter, and they've been doing it now for five years. So a lot goes into it. So you know, um, we spend a lot of time on the tobacco, a lot of times on sourcing the tobacco, a lot of times on blends, uh, 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 and finally the people that's rolling the cigars are the same two that's always rolled the cigars. So there's a lot of lot that goes into it. It's a very, very special project. So the packaging should reflect that and it should be a special experience from start to finish. So that's why, you know, we, uh, we try to connect it that way. Like, like we know what we put into the cigar and now we want the packaging to get, to, to, to get people ready for what they're going to experience with the cigar. That's how we do it. Amazing. Amazing. I want to thank you for your time. And before we leave, I got to ask you what's next for Coiba, what's next for Sean Williams. I saw you smoking a special Vitola of the Coiba Serie M which is, uh, you said it's going to release by the end of the summer or early? No, it's, uh, this actually started shipping. Uh, it's, it's, it should be on shelves now. If there's, if there's still any available, it's been shipping. So it's, it's on the shelves now. So if you hear this, when you hear this in the next uh, couple of days, please look it up because you got to have, and pick one for yourself and pick one for your humidor. Um, and then, you know, I always say to people, Uh, you know, today's a special day. Celebrate that you're alive. Celebrate that you're healthy and grab a Serie M. Yeah. So we, I thought the Serie M was going to be releasing later. So is there any other things that we're looking further ahead? For yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the Weller 2022 release, that's going to be out August to September. And then uh, in the winter, uh, Spectre 2022. So we got two more special releases this year. And then next year, uh, you can look for uh, another full-time release from, uh, from Cohiba. And, uh, and I don't know exactly what that's going to be. We're, we're, we're dealing with that now, but uh, we have uh, an innovation summit, which is always fun uh, in May. Uh, myself and, uh, uh, you know, uh, other blenders and tobacco guys, we all get together and take over this, uh, this undisclosed location in Miami. And, uh, and, and we, just, we just go through blends and smoking cigars and, and, uh, and, and putting requests out to the factory of what we need. And uh, hopefully we come away with some better ideas of what we're going to release next year. But We'll have another, another full-time release next year. But this year, look for uh, Weller in the, in, the, in the fall and look for Spectre in, uh, in the winter. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just doing what I do, man. So. That's a lot. I mean, when you think about it, you have your release date set and then you're working on something for, for next year. So you pretty much have your calendar uh, full. Um, now, the last uh, question that I always like to bring up is, Is there any advice that you would give to the newer generations, the younger generations who are going to be the, you know, in 20 years, we're going to be the elderly people smoking cigars. Like when I started, I remember I used to see the people smoking in Puerto Rico. And I was like, you know, I had this notion that cigars were for 
older people. And I was one of the few like college guys with a cigar in my hand. And, you know, sometimes people would look at me like, you know, what is this young guy doing? I think it's because of the music scene that I got uh, uh, into like my I had my first cigar with my uh, grandpa and, and his brother. Uh, but then after that, I think the music scene helped. It helped a little bit being a musician, uh, playing in some like Afro-Cuban, Afro-Korean groups where you see a lot of people with a cigar and, you know, they would gift a cigar. And nowadays when I look back, I'm like, man, like I wish I had a humidor where I could store the cigars because I was smoking some good stuff that's yeah. not available today. And I, and I couldn't quite appreciate it the way I do now, but that's part of the journey. So what could you tell these uh, next generations of cigar smokers, aficionados, enthusiasts. You, you just told them, man. You were a young, a young, a young buck coming up, uh, getting some really good cigars from some people that you looked up to, uh, um, and you regret that you didn't really appreciate them as much. So, what I would tell the, the, the younger cigar lovers coming up is appreciate the experience, and expe- more more importantly, appreciate, appreciate the experience of connecting with people. Cigars are one of only a few things that connect people. You know, we're divided by race, politics, religion, geography. Cigars, man, no matter where you are, you see somebody light up a cigar instantly. Hey, man, what are you smoking? You know, and, and you have a connection with that person. So enjoy that part of it. Enjoy the community. Enjoy the camaraderie. And just enjoy uh, experiencing new cigars. Be open-minded, try new things, and and and, 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 and talk to some of the more experienced uh, uh, people in the community, whether, again, it's your tobacconist, whether it's your, your friend who's who's been smoking cigars a little bit longer than you, tune in to Sergio and and, 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 and uh, listen to his take on what's going on in the industry and who he has on and listen to them. So just soak up the information, enjoy the ride, and relax. Don't overthink it. Thank you, Sean, for being here. To me, this is a, a great time uh, to be learning and to be sharing uh, your story and the story of Coiba with the audience. Um, I want to thank the community. I always have this saying in Espanol, which is lo bueno se comparte, which translates to share the great stuff or share the good stuff. You know, today you're alive, you're healthy. Please, you know, give yourself the uh, possibility of having a cigar and making that time, knowing where you come from, knowing where you're standing and knowing where you're headed. So thank you for tuning in to this amazing episode. This was Sean Williams for Cohiba, and this was Cigars Podcast. Thank you, everyone. Bye.